1: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash That's rocketmoney.com slash rocketmoney.com slash
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
3: Tonight on day 27 of the Russian invasion, Ukrainian forces are holding their own and launching counterattacks. Ukraine's defense ministry says the military has retaken a town just outside of the capital city of Kiev. The battle for control of major cities rages on as Russian missiles hit more civilian targets, including multiple hospitals. Russia's cyber threats to the homeland. America's financial sector, power grids and water systems on high alert tonight for possible attacks. The FBI says Russian hackers are already scanning systems for weaknesses. Deadly tornado outbreak, another day of severe weather across parts of the south. At least one person is dead. Many remain in the dark with power outages across Texas and Oklahoma. We'll tell you where the threat is headed next. Critical questions. Day two of the Supreme Court confirmation hearings. Nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson is asked about the role of race in her decisions and her sentencing in child pornography cases. No signs of survivors. Rescue teams in China find IDs and personal items, but all 132 people on board are presumed lost. Greyhound gunman, a man pulls a gun on a crowded bus outside of Atlanta. The SWAT team responds, and a major highway is shut down because of the standoff. And an 85-year-old artist captures life and the spotlight with a show of her own.
2: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
3: Good evening and thanks for joining us. I'm Jerika Duncan in for Nora. Tonight, nearly a month after invading Ukraine, Russian forces are on their heels in some areas of the country. Ukrainian forces launched an aggressive counteroffensive in the South today and have retaken a strategically important town just outside the capital of Kyiv. Russian troops responded with a barrage of airstrikes on civilian targets in several cities. A senior defense official tells CBS News that the U.S. now has evidence that Russia is deliberately and intentionally targeting civilians, including hospitals and evacuation shelters. Ahead of President Biden's trip to meet with our NATO leaders on Thursday, the president says Vladimir Putin's back is against the wall. However, Ukraine's resistance and Russia's slow progress are raising concerns that Putin may resort to using chemical or biological weapons to regain the upper hand. We have a lot of news to get to tonight, and we begin with CBS's Holly Williams in Uman. Good evening, Holly.
4: Good evening, Jerika. As you can see, it is almost completely dark here in Uman because, as in many other parts of Ukraine, there is a nighttime curfew in place as Russia continues to pummel this country from the air. And we should warn you that our report contains some disturbing images. Three people were killed when this hospital was decimated by a Russian missile strike yesterday, according to Ukrainian officials. Ukraine's government says 10 hospitals have now been completely destroyed in this invasion. I want to cry because we had a connection between Ukraine and Russia, said Dr. Anatoly Pavlov, and Russian cruelty is so brutal. There is carnage in this country. Civilians killed in their homes and on the street. The US says it's seen clear evidence the Russians are committing war crimes. Yet Russia's ground forces have made surprisingly slow progress. Ukraine's military says it recaptured the strategically important town of Makariv, just outside the capital, Kiev, yesterday. And they're now fighting to wrest back control of the cities of Izium and Kherson, according to a senior US defence official. The Ukrainians are massively outgunned. But with anti-tank missiles supplied by the US and its allies, they've destroyed hundreds of Russian armoured vehicles. And they've killed up to 9,000 Russian soldiers, according to a US official. Across Ukraine, ordinary people have mobilised to defend their towns and villages. This video, filmed by a shopkeeper, shows him helping to ambush Russian tanks at this checkpoint we met anatoly okay loaded a pig farmer armed with his own hunting rifle he says the biggest thing he ever shot before was a goat these are to throw in the way of the tanks and yes, yes. disable them Vitaly is a greengrocer who showed us their homemade Molotov cocktails. I think 15. You could throw them 15 metres. And this is their improvised bomb shelter. This is your protection from missiles and airstrikes.
5: Nippur. yes.
4: Ukraine's fighting spirit is breathtaking. The ingenuity and bravery of its people, extraordinary. But make no mistake, life here has been shattered. Russia continues to crack down on dissent at home, reportedly detaining around 15,000 people for protesting against the invasion since it began. And today, Russia's most prominent opposition figure, Alexei Navalny, was sentenced to another nine years in prison. Jerika.
3: Holly Williams, force in Ukraine. Thank you. From the war in Ukraine to the threats here at home, the Biden administration is sounding the alarm of possible cyber attacks from Russia targeting the nation's financial sector, power grids and water systems. For more on that, let's turn to CBS's Major Garrett at the White House.
6: FBI Director Christopher Ray said today Russia appears to be preparing to launch cyber attacks in the U.S. Most cyber attacks Don't just happen in an instant. There's activity that leads up to it. There's scanning and researching, researching of victims, scanning for vulnerabilities in systems. So there's a whole range of preparatory work, which is what we've been seeing. A March 18th FBI bulletin obtained by CBS warned at least 23 U.S. companies that 140 Russian-linked IP addresses were scanning networks for vulnerabilities for use in potential future intrusions. The bulletin noted the tempo has increased since Russia invaded Ukraine and that five U.S. energy companies appear to be the hackers' current focus.
2: The magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential, and it's
6: coming. Russia has twice used cyber attacks to disrupt Ukraine's power grid, and as President Biden prepares for a NATO conference on Ukraine, the alliance must decide if a Russian cyber attack on a NATO member would trigger a unified response. We
0: could see circumstances in which a collective response by the alliance to a cyber attack would be called by an ally. That is absolutely something where we and other countries could bring capabilities to bear to help a country both defend itself and respond to a particular cyber attack.
6: National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said NATO wouldn't necessarily respond militarily to a full-blown cyber attack.
0: That response could take many different forms. You know, we, we are effectively in a wartime situation and everybody needs to be a part of the team here.
6: Chris Krebs led federal cybersecurity efforts during the Trump administration.
0: The game plan here for the Kremlin is not necessarily actually a technical attack that really disrupts infrastructure. They're trying to get into our heads. They want to distract us. They want to create fear and panic here.
6: On the eve of the president's trip to the NATO summit in Brussels, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has tested positive for COVID, meaning she will not travel. Psaki said she had two socially distanced meetings with Mr. Biden Monday, the president, Jerica tested negative today.
3: All right, Major Garrett at the White House. Thank you. Turning now to the severe weather hitting parts of the South where dangerous storms caused tornado warnings in Louisiana and Mississippi. At least 20 confirmed tornadoes caused widespread damage across Texas and Oklahoma Monday night. CBS's Chris Van Cleve is in hard-hit Jacksboro, Texas, about 60 miles from Dallas-Fort Worth.
7: Tonight, tornado terror spreading across the south, threatening another night of twisters like this one in western Mississippi.
8: Get inside!
7: Run! Run, It's the same system that sent people running for cover yesterday outside Austin, Texas. The driver of this pickup cheated death. The truck gets thrown on its side before somehow driving away. The massive storm system spawned nearly two dozen suspected tornadoes, damaging hail and driving rain across hundreds of miles tens of thousands are without power. In Jacksboro, a tornado carved a two-mile path of destruction through the town of about 4,500, hitting just as parents were lining up to get their kids from the elementary school.
4: You could hear stuff being ripped off the roof. Um, You could feel pressure Mm -hmm. on your head.
7: The building took a direct hit, collapsing the gym, but sparing the hundreds huddled in a tornado shelter just feet away. Among them, third grader Stockton Sanders. A
9: lot of kids were freaking out, but I wasn't.
7: You can kind of see the water line here. Police Chief Scott Hayes was the first to reach the school. He took us inside. He was emotional, remembering seeing everyone was okay.
0: And that was a great feeling for me. Relief? Oh man, relief. Yeah.
7: For science teacher Kelsey Weldon, relief came when she was reunited with her own kids.
4: It was real. Yeah, I just hugged them just hug them and you're just so thankful for the teachers that were with them too.
7: This is a closer look at the damage from an EF3 tornado's 140 to 150 mile an hour winds. Texas Governor Greg Abbott was in town today declaring 16 counties in the Lone Star State disaster areas and pretty much everyone in this community is feeling the impact of these storms including the little boy in our story. His family doesn't have a roof tonight. Jerika.
3: Well, thankfully, they have each other. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. To find out where the severe storms are headed next, let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis from the Weather Channel's Global Headquarters. Mike, good evening.
9: And good evening, Jerika. Certainly another active day of storms across the south, and the threat does not end. This evening we've got a lot more storms through the evening tonight especially across Mississippi through Alabama We're racing their way overnight tonight across Georgia the panhandle Florida Tennessee gets hit as well. Here's our threat area going into the day tomorrow sitting as far north as the Ohio Valley a place like Columbus or Cincinnati then across the southeast as well from Greensboro to Charlotte Raleigh back down through early morning storms in Atlanta back down into Tallahassee and Jacksonville. All these areas could run the risk of hail, high winds and also tornadoes. You can see at The storms will force their way eastbound all the way to the coastline through the day on Wednesday, even lingering, Jerica right into the morning on Thursday. Mm,
3: Rain, rain, go away. Mike Bettis, thank you. We turn now to the historic Senate confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson. Judge Jackson forcefully defended her record as a federal judge and public defender today as she faced intense questioning. CBS's chief legal correspondent Jan Crawford has more. From Capitol Hill. My judicial philosophy is to rule
5: impartially and to rule consistent with the limitations on my authority as a judge. So you wouldn't say that you're an activist judge? I would not say that.
8: On the first day of questioning, senators focused on how Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson would rule as a justice.
4: What do you say to people who say you're soft on crime
6: or even anti-law enforcement?
5: As someone who has had family members on patrol and in the line of fire i care deeply about public <laughs> safety democratic judiciary <laughs> committee chair dick durbin opened the day with questions from the
8: republican playbook giving jackson a chance to preempt expected lines of attack including allegations as a judge she was lenient in sentencing child pornography offenders
5: as a mother and a judge who has had to deal with these cases, I was thinking that nothing could be further from the truth. That was a preview of one of the day's testier
8: exchanges with Senator Ted Cruz, a Harvard Law School classmate.
5: Do you
10: believe the voice of the children is heard?
5: Yes, Senator, I do.
10: Could, could you explain how?
5: Your chart does not include all of the factors that Congress has told judges to consider. Two major law enforcement
8: organizations have endorsed Jackson, and even some opponents have called similar attacks baseless.
5: In every case, I did my duty to hold the defendants accountable in light of the evidence and the information that was presented to me. Republicans also focused on her representation of detainees
8: at Guantanamo and whether she would consider race in her decisions. Democrats answered back to defend her and asked Jackson why her historic nomination
5: matters. One of the things that having uh, diverse members of the court does is it provides for the opportunity for role models. Now, Jackson will have another
8: full day of questioning tomorrow. But so far, these hearings have been pretty tame, just not a lot for Republicans to work with. President Biden watched some of her testimony this morning, and the
3: White House told us he thought she did well. Jerika. Jan Crawford for us. Thank you. CBS's Robert Costa spent the day on Capitol Hill speaking to senators from both parties about their strategies for the confirmation hearings. Uh, Robert, good evening to you. What are they telling you? What are you hearing from them in terms of their strategies? When I pulled
9: aside senators in both parties, it was clear uh, based on those conversations, that they see this as a legal battlefield, but also a political one. So many issues that are playing out in the midterm elections coming up ahead of November are also playing out in these hearings. Senator Ted Cruz, for example, a Republican of Texas, told me he's going to be asking about crime. Republicans are also talking about crime on the campaign trail.
3: When you look at the history of this process of, to become a Supreme Court justice, only six people have been through it, and then did not get the confirmation. Uh, when you look at what's happening right now, how is she faring? Uh, do you see any roadblocks, I guess, especially after speaking to people on both sides?
9: Uh, Based on my reporting today, my informal whip count is that some Republicans could actually vote for Judge Jackson. Keep an eye on Senator Susan Collins of Maine, a more centrist Republican. Same with Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. They voted for her confirmation to the federal bench last year. Could come along this time. The White House feels like they are in play. Who's not in play? Senator Lindsey Graham. He voted for her confirmation last year, but not this time around.
3: We will see what happens. Robert Costa, thank you. Well, there was a horrific accident to tell you about in Tishamingo, Oklahoma, just about two hours south of Oklahoma City. Six high school girls were killed when their car collided at an intersection with a semi-truck. The cause of the crash is under investigation tonight. High school officials say that grief counselors are available for those students.
0: This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
3: Tonight, the National Transportation Safety Board said it will help China find out what caused a Chinese passenger jet to plunge into a mountainside on Monday with 132 people on board. Right now, there are no signs of survivors at the crash site where investigators are searching for the Boeing 737's flight data recorders. While well, a tense standoff between a gunman aboard a Greyhound bus and heavily armed police officers, it played out today on a major interstate near Atlanta. The highway was closed for hours because police used a flashbang to get the gunman out the bus. They eventually took him into custody. No one aboard the bus was injured. Mackenzie Scott, the billionaire philanthropist and ex-wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, made a donation of $436 million. It's going to Habitat for Humanity International and dozens of its U.S. affiliates. Scott has an estimated net worth of about $49 billion and has pledged to donate most of it to charity. Retired school teacher Shirley Woodson spent her life supporting artists of color. Well, now at the age of 85, it's finally her turn in the spotlight. Here's CBS's Michael George.
8: There is nothing without art. That's my feeling.
10: Shirley Woodson's paintings are full of life, vibrant colors evoking images of water and strength. It's the shield of the Nile. At 85 years old, her work is front and center in a solo exhibition called Shield of the Nile Reflections at the Detroit Institute of Arts.
8: I want my art to inspire and to um, cause people to think.
10: Woodson taught high school and college for 26 years, and she's been a vital part of Detroit's art community for decades. She is loving. She is firm. They said, well, she's the sweetest person, but she's tough. Is that accurate?
8: I don't know about being tough. Perhaps I'm adamant.
10: (laughs) She's also adamant about helping young people pursue careers in art, especially people of color.
8: The larger art world out there is not representing artists of color, African-American artists, in the way that it should.
10: And Woodson is already tirelessly working on her next project.
8: Well, I did retire
3: from teaching. You don't retire from being an artist.
10: Michael George, CBS News,
3: Detroit. She said there's nothing without art and there's nothing without passion. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Eye on America, how a Tennessee school district is solving a teacher shortage and providing a better future for everyone involved. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News for Nora O'Donnell and all of us here. I'm Jerika Duncan in the nation's capital. Have a wonderful night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com
4: survey.